Welcome to the Ed Essentials Podcast. My name is Hunter Flesh, and my mission is to give teachers and leaders strategies that work. Join me as we dive into conversations with thought leaders, educational experts, and experienced practitioners who are making a difference in the world of education today. Be sure to connect with me on social media by following at Ed Essentials and subscribe to this show, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's get started. Alrighty, today we have on a very special guest on the Ed Essentials podcast. We have the creator of Burned In Teacher, Amber Harper. Amber, good morning. Hi, good morning. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah, how are things going with you over there in Indiana? Hey, I can't complain. I'm on day two of summer break. Life is good. I know. I was kind of rubbing it in your face that I've been off for over a week now. So yeah, I'm on. We're all in summertime. We're happy to be here. Um, But if you are listening, I brought Amber on because this whole summer series is about the power of relationships. And when I was trying to think of perfect guests to talk about, you know, our relationship we as educators have with ourselves and what we have with school, I thought of none other than Amber Harper to join the show. So I'm excited to have you. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. So my first question I have for you, this burned in teacher idea, Mm -hmm. what keeps you burned into education and teaching during this time of crazy teacher burnout? It seems like every single day we hear more in the news of teachers leaving, administrators leaving. So what keeps you burned in? Uh, It's a lot of things. It's not one thing. Um, I think number one, I take very good care of myself. I focus on sleep. I focus on what I put into my body, I focus on movement and I have a lot of energy because of that, because Lord knows we need it, especially with me running around with little kindergartners every day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's physically how I stay burned in. Uh, Mentally, I stay burned in by making sure that I am focusing on the right things. One thing that burned me out so many years ago is I focused on so much of the negative, um, both inside my school and my district, but also, you know, focusing on choices in the government and state testing and things like that. Um, So I really choose to focus on what I can control. And I love to learn and I love to share what I learn. And that's one another part of this is burn in teacher keeps me burned in with teaching because I get to practice what I preach um, on my podcast and with my students of Vernon Teacher University and, and through the book and everything. So I get to lead by example and that keeps me accountable. And I tell you what, I, I am a different person now, Hunter, than I was, you know, 14 years ago when I first started teaching in 2007. I, uh, I was anything but like a servant leader and someone who focused on, you know, moving forward. Um, it's just, it's a different life and I'm so grateful for it because of that journey, because I can compare where I was to where I am now and all of the valuable lessons that I've learned along the way. So, and that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. There's, there's so much more that we could get into. Oh, I know. There's so much we could unpack. And you brought up this uh, term of servant leader. We all get into education to serve others. Mm-hmm. And so often we spend all of our energy serving others, and then we forget to serve ourselves. So was there a moment in time? And and obviously I feel like, and and I've experienced this too with teacher burnout. I have to remember that this is my fourth year in teaching and Mm -hmm. my first year was the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so, Oh, wow. It was not a normal school year. And I thought, you know, for me, I didn't know any different. I was teaching 
uh, you know, hybrid doing, I had virtual kids on the iPad. I had my kids in, in person with me. I had kids coming four days a week. So I had these three different pathways of kids all at once. And I was like, dang, is this like what it's supposed to normally be? Yeah. And, and that really was the moment where I began to feel that sense of burnout. Sure. For, for you and reflecting in your 14 years, was there a moment in time or maybe a, a certain period in your life where you really felt like, man, I'm just burnt out? Oh, for sure. Um, I'm very honest and open about my very infamous mental and emotional breakdown that I had in 2014 in front of my teacher friends. Um, and and my breakdown happened, had nothing to do with, with education or teaching, but then everything to do with it at the same time. And that was my rock bottom moment um, in fall of 2014, where I realized that something had to change. And until that moment, I was waiting on everything else to change for me. And I had I was happy to sit in the victim seat. And at that moment, I realized that I really had to take responsibility for my burnout and for my life moving forward. Mm. So when you think about teachers and the sense of feeling burnout, mm -hmm. <laughs> What do you think is are the major causes? Is it just something that's personal for everybody? Um, is it something that, you know, hey, when you go into teaching, you need to be aware of X, Y, Z sort of stressors mm -hmm. so that way you can actually take action to combat those? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, no two teachers are the same. We didn't grow up the same. We don't have the same mindsets. We don't have the same personalities. We don't have the same goals. We don't have the same lifestyle, family dynamics. Like nothing, no two teachers are alike if we're, ta if we're talking about coming at it from that angle. But what we do all deal with typically at some point in our careers are the same triggers, student behavior, maybe some um, less than supportive administration or administration that's trying to be supportive, but not in the way that you need it. Um, oh, oh my gosh, so many expectations, um, pressures from yourself or other teachers that make you in misalignment with who you really are and what you really value. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like the, the pressures from the state, um, pressures to teach all the things, <laughs> um, whether it's developmentally appropriate or not. Um, yeah, I, absolutely. I think, I think that they can come, they can come from, you know, your interpersonal and also from the, um, external, external pressures that are out there. Mm, but, and there's so many things and, and, the number of years you've been in it matters. I mean, mm. you know, what I felt stress from as far as a teacher, my first year is completely different now as a fourth year teacher. Um, and I'm sure you, you, that just continues on the longer sure. you are in it. Yeah. You know, when you think about, you know, you mentioned that the time of your breakdown back in 2014, being mm. a, a integral moment to you sort of focusing on this idea of burnout and why that matters so much for educators. Yeah. It, was that the moment where you're like, you know, I need to do this to, to not only fix myself, but now I have this passion to fix others. What truly led you to becoming this? I shouldn't say fix others. That was a bad way to say it, but no, to, support, no. to support others yeah. who are experiencing the same things that you experienced. Yeah. What, is that the moment that led you to become that burnout coach? No, <laughs> no. And when you say fix, like I, I literally felt broken. I felt like there was something wrong with me. Mm. So I don't think that that's an inappropriate term. Do I feel like I'm fixing people? Absolutely not. I feel like I'm helping to lead them to being altruistic about who they are and what they, who they want to become and mm -hmm. the kind of life they want to live. Um, but at that point, back in 2014, my so my solution was to quit, and I actually did. Um, so I and and I I'm going to give you kind of a preface here. I I've quit teaching twice, and I've returned twice. So I'm like the poster <laughs> child of like figuring your stuff out as you're going. Mm -hmm. But um, 
No, in 2014, my solution was I'm out of here. I'm leaving this district. I, even though I was, I loved the class that I taught. Oh my gosh. I, I really had it made, um, in, in the grade level that I was in, I was teaching with my friends, but my solution after that was I, I have for my own mental health. Um, and I didn't even use that term back then, but, um, I need to, I need to go. And I, I had an opportunity to become an executive director of a local educational nonprofit in my community. So it was like the best of both worlds. I still got to work in education, but I didn't have to walk into my building every day and face my administration and all of the frustrations that I had um, in that situation. But I was only there six months. I was there long enough to realize they shouldn't have hired me. They should have shut it down. There was nobody that could come in and save them from the financial issues that they had. Um, so not only did I feel like I had failed as a teacher and left mid-year, I f- like failed very publicly. Like the closing of this nonprofit was in the newspaper. My my face was on the front page. It looked like I had gone in and just blow the place up. So I had all of this like baggage and frustration. Like this was supposed to be the fix. You know, this is supposed to get me out of these feelings. Uh, no. So I went back the following school year to a new district, new grade level, uh, first grade. And that is where I really started to work on myself. Um, now, I, I I say this with confidence. I'm so grateful for that breakdown. I'm so grateful that I left when I did. I'm grateful that the nonprofit closed down because I never would have had the experiences that I had had at this new district that led me to creating Burned In Teacher. Um, because when I first had that breakdown and I quit teaching, I was, I was escaping. I was running from my problems. I was running from that awful relationship that I had with myself and I was running towards something else to, to fix it. And, and that was the totally wrong approach. But when I look back at the journey, I can truly be grateful because, because I went to this new district, I was able to, um, become inspired to become a Google trainer, Google certified educator and a Google innovator as well. And that's what led to me building Burned In Teacher. So what, what types of experiences then were they? Was it mm-hmm. better, was it better interactions with staff or was it a leader that, you know, maybe opened your eyes to saying, Hey, you're kind of running from this stuff. This is stuff that you need to be facing head on. And you know, what, what were some of those experiences that led mm-hmm. you to that. Yeah, it definitely wasn't my administration. Unfortunately, I was in another building with an administrator that I just did not align Ugh. with very well. Um, and and I do have a strong personality. I I completely understand that. Um, but I didn't know how to. I was not self aware enough to realize mm. how I was coming across or what I should really just kind of let roll off my back versus what I needed to really go toe to toe with. I, what, what really changed everything was the research that I did, the, the listening to podcast, you know, podcasts came around what, 2007, 2008 ish, Mm -hmm. um, maybe before, but, um, I had never really listened to any until 2015, 2016, I really started to dive in and like, hear these different perspectives from people that were not victimizing themselves. Like they were moving forward. And, you know, um, I, I was just learning so much through listening, but then I started reading books. I read books I'd never heard of before, such as the seven habits of highly effective people didn't know that existed. Like, how (laughs) did I know that book wasn't in existence? It didn't just come out in 2014. We all know that. Um, so I just really dove into the world of self-help personal development and I put it into action. I didn't just read the things. I did the things. And where my biggest changes happened, especially at first, was how I talked to myself. 
and the expectations that I had for myself. And whenever I was able to talk more positively to myself, to feel like I was worthy of growing and changing and um, changing my destiny, changing my teacher brand, changing the relationships that I had with other teachers in my administration, that's when everything else started to change. Uh, so there are so many teachers that are listening to you, Amber, right now. And they're they're saying, you know, that's me, like Andres, I'm in mm -hmm. that boat right now. What can those teachers do? Because maybe they're, they're in the same boat. They don't have a, a supportive administration or let alone even a supportive uh set of teacher friends or teacher right. group. So right. if they're by themselves, you know, is it just, Hey, dive into the world of self-help. This is a, this is strongly recommended. Would, would recommend yeah. start listening <laughs> to podcasts, start doing your own research. Um, yeah. what, what would you recommend for those people? Well, you can listen to the Burned and Teacher podcast. You can listen to the Ed Essentials podcast. Um, <laughs> I have my book, Hacking Teacher Burnout, that was published in 2020. I had written many variations of it in 2016, 17, and 18. Um, but really what that does is it really – it takes all of this – this ran I learned random things here and there, and my story is very messy because I was just trying things. And my personality, I am not afraid to try and fail. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, but um, not everybody's like that. They want to have the, like a step by step. I know, you know, this is different, but at least, you know, somebody has tried it. Um, where I really, really started was um, with the listening and the reading. I really started with acknowledging and accepting the fact that I was where I was. And that's why the first step of the burned in process is be, begin where you are. Because if we just keep going, 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 doing, 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 and just shoving those emotions and those feelings and those thoughts aside and saying, nope, I can't think that. Nope, I can't say that. Nope, I can't do that. It's eventually going to come to the surface and in a much greater way than if you would have just stopped and just acknowledged and you were honest with yourself about how you're feeling why you're feeling that way and who you want to be moving forward and how you want to feel um, moving forward. And that could be a week, a month, a year from now. And when you are burned out, you lack the clarity to see past today. You are quite literally just surviving this hamster wheel of misery that you're on. And that's where I was. And I just accepted that as my reality. And, but there was a part of me and that's where this like cognitive dissonance was, where it was like this push and pull and push and pull is like, you can do something different. Like you can do better. And I don't mean do better than teaching. Like you can do better than the way you're living. Like I felt like I was alive, but I wasn't really living. And that's where, um, acknowledging it and saying like, I am burned the F out. Like, and this is not okay with me. And I do not accept this as my forever reality. I accept that it is where I am now. And now let me think about where this started. Did it start last Sunday when all of a sudden I couldn't sleep and I've never had trouble sleeping before? Is that what the Sunday scaries are? Um, did it start after I had um, our first child? Did it start a couple of years ago when our new administration took over in our building? Did it start after this new team, team member or uh, entered our grade level? Or did it start after I moved grade levels? Or, you know, really thinking back and reflecting to figure out what brought you to this place. Burnout is so deeply personal. We cannot treat it all the same. Because just like the beginning of our conversation, we are all so different with different realities, different pasts, different futures, different goals. Um, and that's okay. That's an amazing thing. But that's why I believe so deeply in treating our burnout in such a personalized way. 
Um, and that's why I believe that everybody is capable of using burnout as an opportunity for growth and change. Absolutely. And there's such a distinct point you made there. You have to differentiate. I shouldn't say differentiate. You have to truly figure out what the cause is of that mm -hmm. burnout. And wow. a lot of times from my experiences, the people that I've worked with and the people I've interacted with as far as educators go, 90% of the time from my experience, it's something outside of the school that is then if you're bringing that in and carrying yeah. it in and then yeah. that feeling, those stresses all affect your day. They affect how you interact with people. They interact mm -hmm. how you affect, affect um, your students, you know, your whole almost like perception or view of your day-to-day -day job changes because of what's mm -hmm. happening outside of school. And that's really hard to deal with. Those are, yeah. I, I call those big boy problems. Those are big boy, big girl problems that we're all dealing with that sure. you just never know what someone else is going through. But all you're seeing in your eight hours of work is, is that you're not, you don't get the chance to interact with them on, you know, outside of school and try to support them in that way. And it's yeah. so deeply personal for every single person, like you said. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up too, because as we were talking about relationships at the beginning, and I love that you're doing this series during the summer because like we've already talked about, like you've got to fix your relationship with yourself first and foremost, because when you do that, when you own your story, when you own your challenges and you own your future, you're able to show up with empathy because you know that everybody else has a chance to do that if they want to as well. And you know that those students that are coming into your classroom, they really are doing the best they can with what they have. And that was what I was doing earlier. And it was not my best self, but it was the best I could do with what I had in that moment. And what we can do is we can show them the possibilities and we can have those conversations that can help them to maybe eventually in the future, because we can't we can't have a complete 180 turn, uh, degree turnaround in 180 days, like typically. Is it possible? Sure. Are you going to be able to save every kid in your classroom? Absolutely not. And that's pressure that I don't want anybody to put on themselves. Um, but when you're able to show up with empathy, show up with some grace, because you have to show yourself grace, you need to show your students grace as well. And also a big one, Hunter, is radical acceptance. Like I had such want like tunnel vision on how things should be and how they could be. If only people would just let me run the world. Right. But that's <laughs> not, that's not reality. And and the hard part is that teachers are fixers. We're, we're problem solvers. We are type A control freak people pleasers. And if everybody would just listen to us and do things the way that we know they should be done, then everything would be okay. But that's not how it works. And practicing radical acceptance is just accepting life on life's terms. Like, I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to agree with the way that these parents are choosing to raise their child, but I have to believe that they're doing the best with what they have. And although it's not what I know would be best for me and my children, I have to accept it and do the best that I can with that situation. I have had, especially with kindergartners, where they know nothing about life. They only know what they've seen, what they've heard, and what their parents have told them and, and what parents are saying to each other or saying to other people. Like, that is all they know. And so I have to have a very high level of grace when they do or say or believe certain things when they're in my space. And all I can do, and that's what I love so much, I could add this to my list of things that keeps me burned in. I get to be like a life coach to these kids. And that is exciting to me because I'm not just teaching them academically. I'm teaching them skills for life. And whether they remember it or not, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I can't say that, but it's really igniting to me that they know that I am there for them and that I am not going to judge them. I am not going to, um, shame them for being who they are. Of course, I'm going to teach them some lessons for sure, right? But um, that has taken so much pressure off of me that I have to save them rather than give them a space to learn and grow. And learning and growing is messy. It's not linear and it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. And when you have to deal with that sort of non-linear mess of learning, that's a lot of stress and that's where our energy should be spent. That's right. it, That gives you a lot of peace. Right. Knowing that, you know, this is out of my control. Mm-hmm. Here's what I can control. Yeah. And I'm going to spend my energy and my emotional, you know, capital on building yeah. relationships with these kids and focusing on the learning. Yeah. And that's actually step three of the burn-in process. The R stands for reflect on your challenges. So this is where we really focus on like identifying the problems, identifying the things that are frustrating you, but then focusing on the solutions if there are any, really focusing on what you can control. And I, oh, I wanted to mention too earlier, I'm really glad that you also brought in, brought up about the uh, challenges that are in our personal life, because I can tell you there were a lot of things going on in my personal life that were definitely attributing to the feelings of burnout that I was having at school. Like there's no wall you can put up between the challenges you're having at school and or at home and vice versa. Like they cross all the time. Like we're human beings. We feel and we can't turn those feelings off all the time. Um, We can put on our teacher game face and make it through a lesson or make it through the rest of the day. But that doesn't mean that things are not like heavy, heavy stuff is not happening inside. And uh, if we continue to push those down every single day, not just for that lesson, not just for those few hours, we are we are destined to burn out. We are destined to hit that rock bottom. And that's why I believe in therapy so much. You know, I'm not a therapist. I've never claimed to be a therapist. I will help to coach you through. But I mean, you, you've got to talk to somebody too that can give you some serious proven strategy to help you to manage all of the things that we see and feel on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So transitioning then, say you're not the burnout teacher, but one of your colleagues or your teammates mm-hmm. is feeling that burnout. You know, mm-hmm. what can we do to effectively support them? Because I found it's really difficult. It's it's hard because like you said, A, there, it's so individual, you know, yeah. based on the, you know, the problem. But then each person and the type of support that they need might be a little different. And so in yeah. my mind, maybe it just comes down to the relationship you have with them. But with your expertise, you know, what tips might you recommend for supporting those colleagues who are feeling burnout? Yeah. So as somebody who considers themselves a a burned in teacher, um, you're living it. You're living it every single day. You might have a bad day. Like a burned in teacher is not skipping down the hallways, smiling and whistling with bluebirds and rainbows like surrounding you. That that's toxic positivity. Like that's not real. Um, But what a a burned in teacher does do is model how to effectively move through these challenges. And to not be afraid to say, gosh, I, I'm Hunter, I'm so sorry that you are going through this. That is so hard. I am here for you if you need me. Um, what someone who is going through deep burnout does not need is, well, first you need to begin where you are. So let's sit down and let's talk about what triggered this. Like that is, that's not what I suggest that administrators do um, because what people who are hurting need is to know that you are there for them when they are ready to, to talk. Um, when they're ready to ask for the help. Um, I I work with, and I've worked with teachers for years who I can see that they're struggling 
so badly. They're very negative. Um, they don't have really anything good to say. They don't say hi in the hallway. Um, you know, and I don't take that personally. Uh, I used to, I don't take that personally anymore. They are on their own journey and they know because I keep showing up. Hey, how's it going today? Hey, good morning. You know, I'm, I'm constantly showing up as the best version of myself on that day. It's not always the same, but Hey, is everything okay? Is there anything I can help you with? Like, I'm here for you, you know, that kind of thing. Um, what we can't do is is preach to someone who is not ready to hear the sermon. And um, and that's where I was so many years ago. When people that are stage zero or stage one of burnout, where they are, um, they don't want to hear anything different. They have made up their mind that this is this is what teaching is life. It, it, what it's like, it's awful. They're blaming the government. They're blaming their administration. They're blaming, you know, parents and society. Um, I'm not going to change their mind. And let me tell you, Hunter, standing in front of an, in front of an audience of teachers that don't know me um, as the burden teacher is like the most difficult thing I've ever done because that you can see it on their faces. They're jaded. They feel like this is just going to be a waste of their time. You don't know me. You don't know my problems. And I have to like get to the point really quickly that I'm not here to change your mind. I'm just here. I'm just here for you. If you're ready to hear that there is hope for you and I'm here for you when you're ready to know that if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And if you don't want to change, that is okay. That is your choice. That it, this is your life. But you are capable of being a happier and more fulfilled person if you want to be. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's it's very hard because also like I don't know every I don't I don't know you know teachers that are listening I don't know their personality I don't know their outlook I don't know their past um, just like people don't know all of mine. But what I do know is that when we look at burnout as an opportunity for growth and change, when we look at burnout as a call to action to do something different, sometimes drastically different, um, then it becomes something that's kind of beautiful. Like, dare I say that, you know, you can be grateful for it. I, I know I am because I had a lot of changes to make. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you're not willing to accept those changes or to like uh, there's a person out there that says, be part of your own rescue. If right. you're not willing to be part of your own rescue, then I, I can't turn that switch on for you to just right. make you happy. I can't right. turn that switch on to just reduce all your stress. If right. I could, I would have done that a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so there is to a certain degree, a little bit of accountability um, when we think about, you know, and, and you mentioned, like you said it earlier on, really asking yourself and being self-aware um, if, if you, the more self-aware you are, the more you can take action, uh, right. to start fighting and combating that burnout. Right. Um, right. Well, and if I may, I really quickly, I, I want to say too, that what I've noticed is that like people want a quick fix. They want a, a fast solution. I compare it to getting six pack abs. Like <laughs> you can say you want six pack abs, but are you willing to do the work because it's freaking hard. Like you have to count every calorie you put in your body. You have to do very regimented workouts and you have to do it over and over and over and over and over again. And it is the, it is no different with changing your life. It is no different than moving through your burnout. It is not a sprint. It is a marathon. It is trial and error. It is discipline day after day after day and being intentional and stopping and thinking like self-control is so hard, even for adults, when it comes to breaking your bad habits. 
And I had so many bad habits wrapped around my vision um, and my perspective of what school life was. And I really had to move through those things. And I still, to this day, I have to be like, nope, Amber, we don't go there anymore. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And telling yourself no is the hardest thing to do. And it's probably really difficult at first, but now for you, like kind of like you just snapped there, it's got to be just second nature now for yeah. you. You you come across a situation that you know is going to stress you out or add to your burnout. And so, yeah. boom, nope, not going to accept that anymore. Done. Mm-hmm. And you don't yeah. have to think about it. Um, and there's so many different tools and ways you can go about being disciplined. Uh, one that I like to utilize, and I've tried doing this over the past few months now, um, is just a day rating document. And so mm-hmm. I'll, it's a spreadsheet, but- mm-hmm. Every single day, I score myself from zero to 10, mm. five being like a kind of a crappy day, but mm-hmm. not like the worst day of humankind, um, 10 being the absolute best day of my life. This is amazing. And I want to remember this day forever. Um, but then so I'll add comments as to, you know, what happened that day, how it was going, sort of like journaling, but the, sure. really short. And then on the side, I have three uh, columns and they're just yes, no columns. Mm. And It's, did I do something to um, like grow my relationships? Did I connect with my family? Did I connect with my girlfriend? Did I connect with my friends? Yes or no, Mm. something. Mm -hmm. And then did I go to the gym? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. And then did I have a quality work day? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. And then if there are yeses, I need to be explaining why in my journal. So for me, that's just something I have set in my calendar every night, 8 p.m., pull it up and reflect. And then now I'm starting to see trends of, oh, dang, you know, these weekends are really nice and relaxing, but Wednesdays during the school week are kind of tough. So what's going on there? And it's really easy to start identifying, you know, my causes and my stress. But for me, it's just been also very helpful to tangibly see, oh, when I don't spend my time this way, things get better. Or when Mm -hmm. I do spend my time this way, you know, things are improving because of, you know, X, Y, Z result, but yeah, there's so many things you can do. Well, and what I think that the most important part about what you're saying is that you're paying attention, Mm -hmm. like you're not living your life on autopilot and that can become so problematic because I mean, have you ever like driven to work and you're like, well, how did I get here? (laughs) You don't remember stopping at that stoplight. You don't remember turning right, you know, whatever. Um, That's how we can eventually live our lives if we're not growing. And like our body is always growing and changing. Our hair is growing. Our skin is growing. Like our ears never stop growing, you know, and our soul is always growing. We are all, we are, we are human beings who are meant to expand ourselves. We're meant to take risks. We're not meant to stay the same. And, you know, that's one thing that even um, my perspective on like, well, education has changed so much in the last 20 years. Well, it should have changed. It, and, it, and it should continue to change. Um, I, kids have changed so much. Yes. And you should have changed too. Like you can't mm-hmm. stay the same. Now, core values, you know, could stay the same. They might change over time. You might not change all of your beliefs. I'm not telling you that you need to be a different person, but being willing to accept change and growth as a good thing that moves us all forward, that is that is how I choose to to view, you know, how much education is changing, how much the kids are changing, how much teachers are changing. Um, like we're not meant to stay the same. And for me that, that I've chosen to say that that's okay. 
and I am going to grow and change and adapt along with it. Um, it's going to be in my own way. You know, it's going to be in a way that I feel is best for me and my future in education. Um, and other people can can choose their path. Um, it, it, I, I'm not here at Burn and Teacher to tell you how to feel and what to believe and um, what your end goal should be. You need to, you chose to be a teacher. You stay in that fifth grade classroom until the day you retire. You know, that's not at all. I am here to help you to see what your next best step is and then what your next best step is. And then maybe you take a giant leap and then maybe you have to take a step back and just to know that that is okay because you're doing something other than sitting and being miserable. Like we, no matter what career we have, we have this one life, mm -hmm. just this one. And I would much rather look back on my life and say, wow, I tried that thing and that did not work out. But it led me here and I'm so grateful for it because now I've gotten to meet all of these amazing people and do these amazing things. And I'm, I'm going to get emotional because it just where I am. I could have never believed that 10 years ago that this is what I would be doing. And also in tandem with teaching, I wanted to leave teaching forever. I didn't want to be step foot in a classroom ever again when I left in 2015. I, I didn't even want to think about it. I was done. And here I am and I never, I don't want to leave. Like I, I don't have any intention right now. Like who knows what five years, three years, what that brings. But right now I am, I am as content as I have ever, ever been. That's wonderful. I appreciated your authenticity, your honesty and your journey so much. How can people connect with you and support everything you're doing at the Burned In Teacher? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, so I have a website, burnedinteacher.com. You can find the Burned In Teacher podcast anywhere you listen. And um, connect with me on Instagram, at Burned In Teacher. And uh, I have a free podcast Facebook community. If you're looking for tea, if you are struggling with finding supportive, proactive, you know, po and when I say positive, I'm not talking toxically positive. I'm talking people that are like, hey, I have this resource that I think could really help you with this problem that you're having, right? Um, I have a free podcast Facebook community, facebook.com slash groups slash burn in teacher. Um, so we talk about podcast episodes. Right now we've got a, um, a book study series going on in the podcast where we're going through the book um, over the summer. And um, so if you're looking to build your relationship with yourself, um, and build relationships with other people who are also working on themselves, can speak that language with you. Um, there are so many different ways to engage. I love it. Okay, Amber, last question. So sure. say there is a complete revision of schools across the world, and we decide to build this brand new education system from scratch. Okay. Um, and they select educators to guide this new education system, and they, they select you. Okay. Uh, but they only allow you three guiding statements for this new education system. So what three statements would you tell them? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, you are responsible for your future. No one else. Um, oh my gosh. This is such a challenging one. And I knew this question was even coming too. <laughs> I would say um, we are not superheroes, but we do have the superpower of choice. So you get to choose every single, you get to choose uh, how the rest of your day goes, even if you're having a bad one. And I would say, oh gosh, we're better together. Like we, we will work together to, to make this the best possible scenario. I love it. Teaching is tough, but we're tougher. I love it. Yes, we are. Amber <laughs> Harper. We're, still, we're capable of so much more than what we believe. We absolutely are. Yes, absolutely. 
Amber, it's been an absolute honor and pleasure. Amber Harper of the Burned In Teacher. Go follow her. Connect with her right now. If you're not doing it, I don't know what you're wasting your time on. Make sure you connect with her. Thank you so much for joining us, Amber. Thank you so much for having me, Hunter. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Ed Essentials Podcast. Original music by Patrick Cunningham. Links for any relevant information related to this episode can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard and you're loving these episodes, it would really help if you left a review. It would mean the world to me. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Ed Essentials Podcast. member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode.